Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up. Hey, welcome everybody. Ears up podcast. Woo, we're back. I like doing this show, man. I go through like phases where I really, uh, you know, I was like, God, I just really don't want to do this ever again. And then lately I've been really enjoying uh, doing these shows. So I'm excited. (laughs) I feel good. good. I feel good. Feel revamped. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, not like I'm on Property Brothers or anything, but I feel good. Like, I feel revamped like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. Do you think it has anything to do with Disneyland being shut down and you haven't been in over a year? Yeah, and like everyone's like, uh, like hatred. It's like the force where you can feel like the, the other force users in the room. But it's like the all the anger and hatred that everybody has at Disneyland isn't closed or isn't open. It's absorbing me and giving me life. So once those gates open, I'm going to be miserable. (laughs) You're strange. I don't know, man. I'm just (laughs) kidding. Welcome, everybody. We have a great show for you. We have Tom Amin on the show. And Tom is a pianist. And he's released a few, more than a few, Disney-themed albums. So we're going to be chatting with him about those and about what it means to be a uh, honestly a a working musician which is very hard to do in case anybody doesn't really know that so we're gonna be chatting with tom here in a little bit uh for you guys listening live if you want to ask questions of tom please do so in the chat and i will eventually see them hopefully before tom leaves and then that way that way you can get your questions answered uh the great jeremy is here joining us to help me with uh with the interview because so tom i'll just just Sort of jump in now. Um, I don't know anything about music. I know what I like, okay? <laughs> but as far as like carrying a tune, I can play you a song that I sung that is uh, amazing, <laughs> that I think is just amazing. But every time uh, Beverly here, who has the the voice of an angel... Because it's not true. <laughs> um, uh, hates, hates it. She hates I it. Hate one, I hate one <laughs> note because it is... It is I don't know how you're flat and sharp at the same time. <laughs> we, we've been over this. That's hard to do. Flart. I flarted. But it's just the one note where I'm just like. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So anyway, but like Terrence is a gifted musician. Beverly is gifted uh, just in general. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> J- Jeremy is is uh, is a very musically inclined. Uh, I'm, you follow him on Instagram, so you know he can just whip out his recorder and entertain. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's it. cool, man. And then and then Taryn and I are like no one ever. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want us to do a duet, but I just don't oh. know if Jeremy would be open to that. But I totally would love that. 
Like I could play piano and then you could do the recorder on top of it. I mean, the recorder is in the room. It's not, it's never very far. <laughs> it's, it's right Excuse next to Excuse me while I wait. Literally on the couch. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then, uh, you know, I could, I can struggle to play the bass and, uh, you know, Terrence yeah. can play every other instrument known to man. We got a band. We got a we band. Got a band here. Uh, actually, I do want to get into that a little bit. But before we do, of course, uh, you guys can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Send us email. You know where it goes. I, I don't know. I guess I don't really care anymore. I don't want to do the whole rattle thing because it's like I just I say the same things over and over again. It's fine. Yeah, but what if it's somebody's first time listening? Is that possible? Sure. That we get more yeah. listeners? All right. Well, look, <laughs> if you have a show a suggestions, go to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. That's another thing you learn about us, Tom, is that, uh, you know, I think spelling things differently is cool. (laughs) That's why it's ears with a Z, because... uh, Also cool with a K. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the O's are actually Q's, so (laughs) it's also that. Anyway, uh, we're all over social media. You know, come find us. Listen live. Uh, If you become a Patreon supporter, as little as $2 a month, which is, I think I worked it out, like 35 cents a show. You, we we post every week. I post this nice little graphic about what's coming up next on on the uh, on the, the network, I guess, for the week. So we have a lot of stuff happening this week and next week and coming up and whatever. So you can get all the scoop over there over our Patreon page. And uh, yeah, if you're in the chat rooms, uh, like I said, if you guys listen live, you can be in the chat. And when we have guests, you can ask them questions. You can ask ask us questions too. Whatever you guys want to do, man. It's your show. I'm just I'm just living in it. You know what I mean. There you go. Nice. <laughs> there you weird. go. It is. <laughs> that is weird. All right, Tom. Let's uh, let's start talking to you, huh? Because uh, everyone hears me talk all the time. Okay. okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is really fun. This is awesome. Cool, man. I you know I I really appreciate it. You were t- you were saying before we went live that uh, you listened to our last show, which is Jeremy and I on Ears Up or uh, Ears Up in Depth, uh, and you said you liked it. <laughs> Which I thought was I very really kind. Did. Yeah. Well, and then I was like, so uh, this is what I would do if I was going on a pod. I would I would listen to see what it was like. But then I wonder what if what would you have done if you'd hated it? <laughs> what would you have done? <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. I'd have to uh, email you and say I'm going out of town. Yeah. And we have to reschedule and you smart know, something like that. Yeah, that's good, man. Okay, good. I feel <laughs> oddly enough that that makes me I feel good. The emergency. I have to take care of. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Which in the pandemic, it could be anything. It could be, anything. you know, and that's the perfect excuse. This is the best time to make excuses right. for things because nobody can judge advantage you. why we still can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could just get up and leave now and I would be like, well, I get it. I mean, I, you know, it's the pandemic. What are you going to do? No, I thought you, I think the show's great. I thought it was really cool. I subscribe. So I really press the subscribe oh, button. So I'll be downloading them all now this Uh-oh. week or as they come on and, I think you guys do a really good job. I thought the banter between you and Jeremy was, was hilarious, and I like the subject you guys talked about. It was really cool. I nice. really liked it. It was my first foray into uh, Ears Up. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, and I want you to know, and, and maybe if you go back through the shows and listen, uh, we don't normally require the guests to shower us with compliments beforehand. So <laughs> this is really this is really just a new af- step forward. Just afterwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is an interesting technique uh, Jason has. So welcome to the show. Tell us about what you think about us. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Look, maybe I need therapy. I don't know. What's your favorite part yet. about I me mean, personally? Yeah. <laughs> Would you have ghosted me if you didn't love me? 
How would that go? That coming up after uh, the break. <laughs> anyway, Tom, getting into your into your background as a musician, I was reading your uh, your bio, and it was it got me actually really interested in in speaking with you and, and having you on the show uh, because your sort of like journey into into piano came from Superman two. What? That's correct. Yeah, it's true. How does that happen? I would- well, here's what I remember. You know, when you hear music as a kid, you remember songs you've heard as a kid or, or, or I don't know, songs your mom sang to you or, or what have you. And I remember music before that generally. But I was, when did Superman 2 come out? Was it 81? 1980. I was going to say Terrence Superman knows. 1980. <laughs> I, was, uh, six, I was 11 years old. Okay. So we went to see this movie at the theater. I think probably, I went with my parents. And they took our family or whatever. All I remember is, you know, sitting down and the credits starting, you know, the opening credits, and you hear that theme from John Williams. Remember the credits are swooshing down and coming up in that blue thing in the back. I was like enamored with the whole thing, but I just remember really connecting with that theme. It was like this amazing theme, this kind of music that I really haven't hadn't heard before, orchestral or, you know, pop orchestra Mm. or what have you. And I just fell in love with it. Now, I was taking guitar at the time. I started taking a little bit of guitar. And my parents had bought a piano for my sister because she was taking lessons at home. And I just went home and I could just hear it and started to play it by ear and just sound it out. And that's how it all started. So could you play by ear on the guitar? No. Isn't that the strangest thing? No, but the piano, I immediately connected with it. I knew it. I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I connect, connect with the keys. This one does that. That one does that. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of figured it out. And then, of course, I got into lessons after that. But it was I just the piano somehow I connected with it in a way that with the guitar, I just could, I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. that's one of the things when whenever anyone asks me, you know, hey, I want my kid to learn a musical instrument. I always say learn the piano first because because uh, the theory is linear on the piano. You can see the theory. Right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's what I should do, because I, I'm like really into trying to pretend to learn how to play the bass guitar. It, it's right. it's an instrument cool. that like you like you were saying, I just I sort of keyed in on. Again, it's back to me. This is what I do. Um <laughs> And it's like like through everything I hear, I just I, I love the bass guitar, like especially the bass rhythms in, in reggae. And it's just it really it really grabs me. But for the life of me, I can't I can't make the connection between my cool. brain and the thing. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. to, to read that, oh, you just went home and plunked it out and you did it and everything <laughs> was like, cool. I'm like, man, <laughs> that is pretty amazing. And to, to hear that you didn't come from doing that on the guitar. So were your parents like floored at this or were they like we expected this of you tom no they didn't they're like what are you doing like how are you doing that and i just said i can see it like i could see the in my head i could visualize the notes or whatever the picture yeah i I, it's hard to describe but i was just able to sound out the fifths and the thirds i just kind of understood it and then they had they asked well do you want to take lessons i was like yeah i'll try it (laughs) see what happens (laughs) so I've recently realized that my brain has rotted away from like watching too much TV and like and, and, and movies. And so everything in my life has to be cinematic and dramatic and whatever. Right. Because I'm insane. Reading this, I imagine in my head, you're like 
sitting at the piano and like doing these flourishes, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't like that, but that's what I really want. And your parents are just like slack jawed. Your mom faints, maybe if we're going to be like an ABC TV show or something. I th- feel like. Well, they did good. tell me they came downstairs. They heard this playing. They're like, "What the? Who the hell is playing? Like, who's playing that?" <laughs> and it was just me because my sister had she had taken by then maybe for about a year or so, and she was okay. She's actually pretty good now. My sister bought a piano for herself in her home. This I have two sisters. Okay. This is my uh, second sister next to me uh, in terms of age, and she's given. She's been taking piano and she's actually pretty good. So she did a good job, but for some reason, it just when it connected with me, it, it just felt really natural. Were you it better just, than her at that point yeah, when you first started? I was. Damn. <laughs> I was. And I felt bad. You kind of well, it's hard because it would be hard, I think, as a parent to see one kid taking an instrument, yeah, maybe really liking it, and then here comes your other kid that just picks it up like that. It can be sometimes a challenging thing because I taught piano for a long time. Well, I still do, but. I would remember, like, I had, a, I had a, a couple students that were brother and sister, and the brother got everything. He was a really cool kid to teach. He just got everything I put in front of him. He was really good. And his sister really struggled hmm. with it. And I felt so bad because I could tell she was feeling a little bad that she couldn't keep up with her brother. Hmm. So I don't know, how, as a parent, if how you deal with that. I'm not sure. But... I think I, don't know, I think my sister quit after that for a while. <laughs> I would <laughs> too, man. It's funny you say that because that's actually exactly the same thing that happened with my husband and his sister. They both took piano lessons, okay. and husband's like an idiot genius. He's he's very <laughs> idiot. and like highly gifted. Yeah, emphasis on idiot, but also on genius too. <laughs> but also on like genius. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. yeah, no, he picked it up. Like he he's a great piano player, guitar. Like he's just he's very musically gifted. And his sister just struggled, and she tried so hard, and she was like she practiced like he hardly ever practiced, and he was just like <laughs> got it. And she practiced all the time and was just trash. Like even like still, she just she's. She's just like, I quit. I <laughs> it's just every, there's certain Screw things. that thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I trust me. There's so many things I wish I could do that I couldn't, that I can't. There's so many things. I, everyone just has something that's, they just connect with, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that happens, you know, it's a uh, family dynamic. Did your sister was, your, did, that, did that cause tension between your, with your relationship with your sister? No, it wasn't anything like that. And oh, my good. sister okay. also had many other talents. And she was very gifted in school and did a lot. She, you know, she's very intelligent okay. and very smart. And I don't have that. Like, I'm good <laughs> musically, but that's about it. Yeah. So that's not me. So she had other things going on as well. Okay. It didn't, it didn't cause that much friction. Good. That's good. At what point do you start writing your own songs? I mean, you're, you're taking lessons. Obviously, you're doing very, very well. Where are you in that sort of like, you know, are you just automatically <laughs> jotting stuff down even though you're taking yeah. lessons or? Yeah, we started when I was in eighth grade. We oh were, my we're God. like written up in a newspaper. One, This is in Mentor. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. So I'm from the east side of Cleveland is where I grew up. I live in California now, but I'm from Ohio. And we went to um, our, our grade schools growing up. We had other friends that did music as well. Like I had a, a friend, her name was Diane, that played the guitar. So about eighth grade, we started to write some songs together. And we even one time got out of school. Do you remember the show Fantasy or what was it called? Leslie Uggams hosted it. What was it called? You guys are probably too young. There was a show in the 80s where you could have like amateur people. This was before Star Search and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And you could go there and like audition and stuff. And they actually let us go out of school one day to go audition the song for these people. So I started writing really early. I think as soon as I started to understand music. Now, the songs were not good. <laughs> they were good. <laughs> that didn't, when, when I was a teenager, things started to get better. Sure. But yeah, I think I started right away just fiddling around and trying to come up with stuff. I have a question about writing because there's a lot of people who play. I can play. But when you're writing music, like, did you just sit down and say, now it, I'm going to write something? Or did you have, were you walking around with a tune in your head and you said, boy, I've got to get this down before it's out of my head? Like, how did, which came first? I think it's, oh gosh, that's a good question because for me, it's a little bit of both. Uh, like, for me, right today, as I'm writing now, I'll usually have ideas in my head. Like you said, and I have to be like, okay, I have to write this down. Or I have to go record this just so I don't lose it. And yeah. come back to it but then if there's a certain i don't know if we're going to talk about it in this podcast but i just did that project for outlaw ocean uh for that new york times reporter and it was very specific because i read his book and i based all those songs i wrote on chapters from his mm-hmm. book and they were so inspiring so sometimes if you have something that's really inspiring to you that can start those creative juices flowing and you just sit down and start seeing what you can come up with it's not always good stuff. I mean, you know, you got to fool around with it and take time and come back to it uh, and everything. But it's it's fun to do. I mean, sometimes so sometimes it's just spontaneous like that. And then sometimes you're walking around like with an idea, something in your yeah. head. that you have to get this down, even if it's just a little phrase, a couple phrases. Right. Okay. Because I worry about it Uh in the sense that, like, there's only so many combinations. Like, aren't we going to run out of new tunes? (laughs) Like, how many times can you go from, (laughs) you know, E to G to F? Like, eventually, won't we run out of combinations of notes in a certain sequence? No, no, never run out. That's because there are billions. It's endless. Although now there's going to be some patterns that are repeated. In pop music, there's a lot of repeats and everything. But think about all the classical music. Think about yeah. all the American standards, the greatest mm-hmm. songs ever, pop songs ever written from the 30s and 40s. Think about the 50s, like the It's like it's always changing. Now there's going to be some repeats and stuff, mm-hmm. but it, you can always be creative. Like think about Broadway shows, like just The Prom is like an amazing show, or, or um, like Les Mis. Think of that from the 80s. Like all these Broadway shows are all original. You know, yeah. it's it's still out there. You know, there's so many talented people out there that are doing amazing things and like Hamilton even. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's like, wow, that's amazing. So I don't think it's going to run out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Jeremy. <laughs> I get, I lose sleep over that. <laughs> <laughs> well, rest assured. I'm here to tell you, you can, you can sleep easy tonight. It's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Bev, did you want to say something? I was just going to comment on like, there, there are similarities because I know that my, Again, I'll use Sam as a reference. And Terrence, there's that U2 song where you guys say every song we sing at church is that song. Like, it just follows the same chord. Progr- like, it's the same chords. There's, there's a lot of songs. With that or without the you? Same, yeah. Yeah, with the, yeah, ex- yeah. every, yes. But there's also the song, the um, Stay With Me song by Sam Smith. If you, He got sued by Tom Petty because it's the same exact riff as Won't Back Down. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's, it's just, it's, Yes, there's there's only you only have from A to G, but there's different ways you can do it. You can throw in some sevenths, some diminished. You can do a lot of different things to change it up. So, 
Well, and yeah, it's true. And Tom, how do, how do you sort of combat that? Because you know, in in lawsuits like this, every once in a while, when they're big enough to make the news, you sort of read where the artist, the offending artist, goes, "Well, I just, I don't know, I didn't mean to do it. I thought I wrote it." Essentially, I, I mean, and on the one hand, I believe that, but on the other hand, if you have a song as iconic as "Won't Back Down." <laughs> and then it's sort of like, how do you not steal from it a little bit and then just and then not remember it? Or is that is that a concern of yours at all? It's always a concern of mine because as a musician, you know, you listen to so much music and so much of it stays with you that sometimes you're not realizing. Honestly, if you're doing a pattern or a series of notes or whatever that might have already been done before that's really famous. I always worry about that. I do. OK, I think. I'm not sure how to combat that either. Like you just have to write what you feel. And then I, I what I do is I play it for people though, too. I say, listen to this. Let me know what you think. Mm. It, it, is this any of the sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. I'll play it for musician friends and things like that. And say, is this original enough? Or if I, cause sometimes I have that fear. Like, did I copy something that I don't <laughs> remember? Don't know that I did. Yeah. For sure. That's my whole life. Yeah, that's ode to joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tom, I love green sleeves. Right. This is great. <laughs> I love green sleeves. <laughs> it's just the best, man. Well, you were you were mentioning a little bit before about, about your project Stories from the Sea. Uh, why don't we get into that a little bit before we jump into Disney stuff? Tell me okay. about Stories from the Sea, please. Sure. I had ju- I just... Uh, I just released the album back in February. I was contacted. This was during the height of the pandemic last year in 2020 from uh, a guy called Ian Urbina. He is a New York Times reporter, and he wrote this book. He does a lot of journalism uh, on the oceans and all hmm. of the crazy, crazy stuff that is happening in the oceans that like no one knows about in terms of like human slavery, murders, killings, like all these things with all the different kinds of fishing that's going on that can't be sustained. And he went on all these ships and got these firsthand accounts. And he wrote this book called The Outlaw Ocean to tell people like, this is what's happening. You know, one of the chapters, he said something like, you can't expect to get a can of tuna for a dollar at the store and not know that human trafficking and suffering has happened to get that tuna to you so cheaply, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of hope in the book, too. It's not just all this doom and doom. (laughs) But it was interesting reporting. And he had contacted me and said, I I was a fan of your music. Would you be interested in writing some stuff? Because we're doing a project called Journalism for Music. He has this idea, like, uh, TV shows and movies have all these soundtracks. Why can't journalism? Why can't reporting have soundtracks? Sure. So I said, yeah. I said, I think this sounds really cool. And I've always had a fascination with the ocean. And I said, I'll do, let me try like two or three songs. Hmm. I ended up being so engrossed in his book that I wrote 10 songs for it. Wow. Over about six or seven months. But I was so engrossed by this book. And so it inspired me to, to write all these songs. And that's how that happened. He just happened to email me. That's cool. So wow. I, I didn't even know who he was until I looked him up. Yeah. It's like, and he's a New York, like he has, it's a New York Times bestseller book. And he's really well known around for his reporting yeah so it's really cool to be a part of that and i just we just released it in february and it's everywhere like on spotify and itunes and all that stuff but it's a real special project for me because i really took to heart all of the chapters in the book that i was reading that he was talking about that's so cool i tried to put my heart into all that music you were kind enough to send me a clip of it so this one's called cool. no boundaries
thank you. I have Very- like a billion of questions right now, but <laughs> Ask it him, will be to- no because it's all geeky questions. Pick this one. Nothing. That, Pick one. Um, equipment. What are so? What kind of keyboard are you using? Um, are you doing one. direct? So go ahead. Are you doing directly <laughs> from the keyboard? Are you using any? What are you using? Uh, Logic. Like what are you doing for all it? What's it's your basically setup? Pro Tools okay. system, and I have a bunch of plug-in sounds. I have a MIDI. Okay. I have a Yamaha Motif keyboard, but it's a controller, mm-hmm. really. And yeah. all those sounds are plugins that okay. I mm. purchased and invested in because they. I mean, the plugins today are like insane. Yeah, unbelievable. But that that's, that's basically awesome. what that is. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Sorry, I, I have. I it's, literally I looked over. I have an M Audio uh, oh, forty nine key controller right next to me as well. Nice. That's, wow, you okay. were. That's awesome. cool. <laughs> and and that's you playing all the other uh well it's not the instruments right but it's synthesized through the keyboard they're virtual yeah okay. but that's all my arrangements all me playing all the different instruments but wow. the main focus on the everything is the piano the yeah piano yeah. is the main focus on every track yeah everything uh, you know and uh, again i don't know much about music but i know what i like and I, I i can i can hear you know some stuff and the arrangement on that I think was very very good because it is the focus on the cool. piano and everything else is sort of like accent marks on on your playing and it was very cinematic and mm-hmm. you know it's I don't have emotions except <laughs> anger and it was very it, it 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 was sort of emotional like I could see that and I picked that specific part of that piece cuz I thought well this is like the end credits of a of a pirate movie or some shit like it That's was, awesome. it was like very much like where I'll take it. Yeah, where you're coming, where you're coming, like you're coming off of the the end of the movie. You just mm-hmm. hit this two and a half hour journey, and you sort of have this like refreshing, but serious, mindful piece. Uh, Thank you. I thought I it was great. It. It's it's it was very um, transporting, if that makes sense. Like I could close my eyes and I could be. It was almost like Celtic in a way, where I was like, oh, am I like in Ireland? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, no, it's thank you. It, it was, it was, it was like I was there, but also in the same sense, I could hear that. We were talking about Nintendo earlier. I could hear that <laughs> behind a Nintendo like scene. Oh it's yeah, Zelda. when when you just won the game, Zelda, yeah, enough, but, but like, yeah, like Zelda. Mm-hmm. But it, man, I, yeah. that was fantastic. Thank you. I I appreciate it. it's so. I'm sure as musicians, you know too. It's like you never really know what people are going to think and you work yeah. on the music so much, but it's kind of like a bubble when you're not working with other people. So you're really not quite sure. Is this good enough? Or I mean, <laughs> is people going to like it? You're not really sure. So it's always so it's not in a boastful way, but I'm always so thankful when I hear that kind of feedback, because that's what I was after was trying to make who's ever listening to it feel something, you know, some kind of emotion or, or transporting you to a different place, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, if you read if you read the book, then all these songs make even more sense because mm-hmm. that's based on a really crazy chapter of like a boat chase and they kidnapped this guy and they were holding him as a slave. And the Vietnamese army was trying to rescue this guy. I mean, it was a crazy chapter, but I wanted to just write that kind of a, you know, kind of a piece. It's interesting that you describe how much energy was in the text because there definitely was an underlying driving rhythm. And even right as it faded out towards the end, it, you could really feel that starting to pick up. Like it was in, you wrote it in four, right? But there was you, the way you played mm-hmm. with the beat, I actually had to count it for a minute. I was like, is this in four? Cool, it, thank you. My question for you is because, and may, my, I have a little <laughs> bit of Disney blinders on be, with where where you're concerned because I just know you for your Disney music until sure. today. But everything that I've heard from you really is piano solo, 
And so how long have you been doing piano where it's surrounded by other instrumentation? Was this a departure for you? What did, like, how did this come about that you did, you, you embellished it a bit more with other instruments? This was a departure for me because mostly I do record just solo piano. If you look back on most of my albums, aside from the very first album I ever did, but that was way back in the 90s, it's mostly solo piano because I do love the sound of piano by itself. Mm-hmm. I felt this project really needed instrumentation. It needed to mm-hmm. tell the story more than just a piano. But I have to say the Disney music, I think, sounds so good on solo piano. That's mm-hmm, why yeah. I did most of the albums like that, because the songs are so well written on, on their own. They don't, you can have a full orchestra, or you can just have a guitar or a piano or something playing, and they're beautiful songs. Mm-hmm. But it, it, that was a big departure for me, because mostly yeah. it is solo piano. Yeah. We're talking a, a little bit about how you get sort of ideas in your head and how you arrange stuff. And I came across this quote the other day, and I thought it, it sort of fit in here. It's from Shane McGowan of the Pogues. Are you po- Do you know the Pogues, Tom? I'm not Pogues that familiar with them, but I know. You know of them. Okay. Shane McGowan. Great. Anyway, he says, quote, I can hear the frequencies, and I think everybody could if they tried. I'm normally humming all the time, whether I make any noise or not. I have musical thoughts. I think about music more than anything else. I wanted to ask you if that's something you can relate to, because I imagine that's what it is, uh, especially learning your 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 background. Are you just thinking about music all the time? Most of the time, yes. Even like we talked about this in the pre-show, but I'm addicted to Animal Crossing right now, the game, the Nintendo game. I love it. <laughs> but even just when you hear the music that's written for the games, uh-huh. like I, I'm always paying attention to all of that kind of stuff. I'm always humming things. I usually like to have music in the car, either podcasts or some kind of music playing. Yeah. So it's, it's always on my mind. I, I, I'm the same so. way. I need music constantly. If, if, if I come downstairs or if I round the corner and there's no music playing, I, I mm. get like itchy. I don't know. I need I need just need to have something to either you shut my it, brain right? off. Yeah. Well, and I never took you for a KK Slider fan, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't you know. know. Oh, he's the best. You he's know, what best. can you say? <laughs> I should really do is. an album of those songs. Oh, my God. Was... Please do that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That would actually be very, very funny, man. I know, right? And thinking about, you know, thinking about music and thinking about you thinking about music and all this kind of stuff. Again, in my head, I like imagine like wandering Trader Joe's and like you hear some music and like you're arranging it just out of like, you know, because out of habit, I guess. Does that happen? It happened a lot with this project because okay, once good. you get into like a project, it's kind of what all you think about for the certain amount of time that you're writing for it. Yeah. So I was always thinking about these melodies. Even when I was out and about it in the car, I would think of something like, oh, I have to remember that for later because <laughs> I forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm older. It's like I forget. <laughs> I got to jot this down or at least play it so I can remember it. But you do think about that stuff all the time. Okay. Well, I do anyway. I just I always felt myself thinking, and what can I do to make it better? And yeah. how can I put? How can I the chapter that I've just read? How can I make that into a song? You know, that, that that's moving. How do I do that? I have a question on a similar wavelength to that that previous one. Sometimes I think when people are very very good at a certain thing, then they sort of overanalyze and overcriticize it <laughs> and then end up not liking a lot of it. Is that something that you find for yourself? Yes, because this is what I've learned now that I'm 51. You have to learn to let things go. 
mm. because I don't know if like if, if you record something, it, I, this could be for anything, I think, whether it's music or writing a book or whatever career that you're in. I think you can kind of get obsessed with the, the work and it's like never good enough. And mm. it's just like, even when I was recording these songs, I would, you're supposed to do this with music, like do the masters or the mix, but then you walk away for about a week mm. and then you come back and listen to them to see what can I do different. So I did that for a while, but then I kept coming back to them. So well, let me change a little bit of this. Let me change that. And all of it, then you have to get to the point where it's like, no, you know what? It's done. Let's send it off, see what people think. But you can't, because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy, I think. You'll be it like, would never be over. It's like George Lucas with that friggin' Star Wars movie. <laughs> Leave it stop. alone already, Dude, brother. Like, can they just get, I mean, if you want to tinker or whatever, it's fine. But can you just give us the originals as well? That's right. So that I can watch the... <laughs> I mean, we don't have to get into that. We all know this is a bit of a thing, but it's like, just give us the original as well so we can yeah. enjoy because it, it touched. Uh, someone told this to me once that I thought was so interesting because I, sometimes when I play and do shows and stuff, I have, I have bad stage fright. So I like, I get really nervous. And I remember the guy telling me it's, it's not, it, you can play wrong notes all night long and it happens. People play wrong notes. It's how you make people feel. And that's all they ever remember. Yes. When you go to a show or a Broadway show, it's how they made you feel. Mm. That's what it's, that's what's important. And not that you don't, that you want to be sloppy. You want to try sure. to do the best work you can, but it's, we're human, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. Well, when for, I for think you maybe, of the, when I think of the hours of agony I have spent Listening to bashing this show? myself after oh. I've published a recorder video with what I could have done differently. <laughs> oh my God. It is, absolutely. I understand. Actually, I have a question along this wavelength. Well, when are you going to um, get better? At? <laughs> <laughs> along I Terrence understand, wavelength. Jeremy. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, it's how I Let made it. the people feel. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I felt like vomiting. And so <laughs> thank you for that. I've lost but 10 pounds. But Jeremy gets, you get all kinds of compliments on those videos. I mean, people love it. <laughs> That's true. I'm turning into Jason, man. <laughs> but really, you wish. Play, um, no, Mike, I actually have a question. I hope I'm not steering us too fast away from that album and too quickly into Disney, but I'm chomping at the bit. You're good, man. Because you do so many of these Disney solo albums, one of the questions I had was actually like, this is stupid, but. If I listen to a track, you know, maybe it's When You Wish Upon a Star and it's two and a half minutes. How often is that one take versus mm. do, you, do we do you have to edit those together many times? How good are you? <laughs> <laughs> Rate yourself. You know what I mean? It depends on the song. That's all. That's, I it depends say. on the song. It okay. really depends on the song. But of course, there's editing involved. No one. I mean, only what Karen Carpenter could ever sing and like never make mistakes. I mean. I'm human. You know, I make a lot of mistakes. What I'm good at is covering them up. Ah. My teacher taught me how to do that so well. well that's more when you're playing live. But I, I okay. know how to cover up mistakes. But when you're recording like that, you have the opportunity to go back and change stuff. So I would say, I mean, it takes a few hours to do one piano track. You know, what I do is I go through and just play it through one time. Okay. Then I say, okay, let's go back and play it again. And then I play it again. But then you can stop and start at certain measures you know and say let's do this and then do this part better and let's try this section you just punch in and out you know but it just depends on the song but i do lots of editing of course and when you play those when you're doing an album are you playing that from an arrangement 
Is it your arrangement or is it by ear and you just sat down? That was my question too. Well, like the Disney albums, those are all my arrangements. Like those are how I envision the songs on piano. But I do a lot of times sit down and just play through them. It's the ideas I have. And like I said, I'll play through them and then I'll, I'll listen back and see what I do like and what I don't like. And then go in and try to fix the parts that I don't like. But you tr- do you write down your arrangement? No, no. Okay. It's just on my head. Well, okay. God. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So you have four albums worth of Disney music <laughs> arranged in your head. In my head. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, a little bit, man. I mean, that's uh, sort of what I was talking about, about going through Trader Joe's and like, uh, you know, <clears throat> just auto arranging. It's like your superpower. Like, it, like for me, if I was like Magneto... I would just glue metal to everything and like never move in my entire life, and just everything would come to me. I would abuse it, but of I feel course. like you use it for good, and that's in good. Your brain. <laughs> too much. It's I don't know, much. man. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes it's just this. <laughs> this is and this is how I think before moving. Oh before my goodness! And for those it. listening, he held up a bobblehead doll. Yeah. Well, look, Jeremy. You know what? <laughs> You are turning into me. Yeah, I know. You guys, this is getting scary. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about Disney albums. So how do you get the the idea to do a Disney album in the first place? Usually, well, when I first started doing them, this was, oh my gosh, it was probably almost 10 years ago when I first did the serious like uh, piano album. I'm a huge fan of the theme park rides, the theme park music. I love, I mean, I love all the Disney songbooks, but I love the theme park rides, especially Epcot, because Epcot is my park. Like, I really, I wish they would have built one out in California because it's like they only have it in four, but it's my favorite park. I love it. It's the music. I think the atmosphere in the park is amazing. Not that the other parks aren't, of course, but, (laughs) and we started going down to Epcot in the eighties when all of it, when it first opened. So all of those old nostalgic Epcot songs, Kitchen Cabaret and Horizons and energy you make the world go around all of those songs we loved when we as we were getting to be teenagers so that's why i wanted to just try to do those on solo piano because no one had ever done that and and how many people are going to really record the theme park ride music i mean it's not, <laughs> I'm not it's, you know it's not going to happen but yeah. i thought this might be really cool and fun to do and i had such a love for it it was it was a passion of mine because i love that music so that that's how that started I do have a clip, and this is from uh, your album Old Time Magic. Again, I'm really bad at this, but maybe everybody else will get, get this too. I'm not going to give you the name. I want everybody to like see if they can figure it out. guesses uh, hill street blues <laughs> yes the hill street <laughs> well, that's blues, a good dude. guess <laughs> i i recognize it and i i can't 
if like, the words are coming. Yeah, it's uh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers. Wonderful thing oh. about Tiggers. Oh. Oh. It's at a different time signature. That's why it sounds different. I like it, though. I like it, too. It's very Carthay Lounge. It is. It's very reminiscent yes. of like Carthay. And, and it was like listening to them like, dude. I need a Manhattan and some duck wings. Yes. And just chill out, And right? just hang out, man. Yeah, that's very good. I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. I grab... I, go ahead, Beth. There was like a... An, almost like a saloon piano sound happening in there that I was... Yeah. Yeah, like ragtime or whatever? Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. specific to like yeah. the land of Winnie the Pooh. Is that what that was? I don't know, but I was... I enjoyed that. Oh, you think it was like a call Thanks. to like Critter Country? Maybe. Who knows? I'm... I'm <laughs> Digging deep here. I bet Tom does. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody on this no. call would ever know. We have no idea. So how do you take a, a song like that and then put your personal spin on it? What is that process? I like what I like to try to do is retain some of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not the magic, but like the essence of the original mm-hmm. and then just put a spin on it. That's what I try to do. Okay. Uh, like, but Tigger, I thought would be cute like that because yeah. the song normally is the one other thing about Tigger. It's like mm. really fast and jumpy and crazy. And I thought it'd be more fun to have this more pop kind of fun, breezy rhythm to it. Kind and of a thing. Playful. That, like a playful. Yeah. yeah. I thought that might be kind of cool. So that's why I tried to do it in that that fashion yeah it just and it just kind of came to me that way what's your favorite genre of music oh goodness why well, love your favorite band oh goodness no because i'm old you want I, my bands are like 80s bands and stuff Is it, i love I, if, the if you say well, steely yes. dan we're on the same page yeah i, I love steely dan or queen yes oh my god and queen yes oh, you're my man i bet it's gonna the be yes that's more 70s but yes. like queen Elton John, I love his piano playing. Billy Joel oh, is a great yeah. pop writer. Sure. I love Alan Menken, Howard Ashman. Mm. Those two yes. were like amazing, I thought. And Schoenberg, he's the guy that wrote Les Mis and Miss Saigon. Yes. Theater writing. And like Stephen Sondheim is like insane. And so I think like pop, orchestral, and Broadway are probably my favorite styles. I would nice. think. I would say. Okay. Yeah, so, I like. There's a lot of stuff. I, I love reggae. When we went we I, in the '80s, we loved uh, Ziggy Marley. Is what we listened oh, to. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Loved his stuff. So like, I like alternative rock. I like, I like different kind of things. Yeah. But I think orchestral and pop is probably my favorite. It's your wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah. Who's a bigger Yanni fan, you or Jeremy? <laughs> he didn't have, even mention Yanni. I know, but. <laughs> I, I, I have funny Yanni stories, but I'll tell you this one really quick. Okay. I was with a friend. This was in the 90s. It was when his Live at the Acropolis album came out. Sure, 1994. Yes. And I, Jeremy, you are me right now. My <laughs> Lord. I didn't know who he was till then. And we went into the, this is when we had record stores. Yeah. Went into the store and they were playing it on the speaker. And I was like, I was like who the is I mean, who is that i think like, this is so cool it sounded really lush and his playing was beautiful and the orchestrations were great and i asked the guy who was working this it's yanni and i i bought the cd right then and there yeah. and i fell in love with that album i thought that was a really good album you know you said you didn't you had never heard of him no one had really heard of him besides linda evans until that album came out and <laughs> right. then put it on pbs <laughs> and everyone was like right and then that blew up reaction. what is this so you have several Disney albums. My favorite, I think, is probably 
pixie what is it called pixie dust piano and pixie dust yeah. piano and pixie dust but it's interesting it's obvious that you like epcot because of the 11 tracks eight of them on the piano and pixie <laughs> dust, or epcot. Or epcot so it's like okay i know where he's coming from <laughs> I know. um how do you pick like like you have magical moments magical moments too like do you decide that you want a certain theme and you're going to go heavy into a certain or maybe a composer or is it just like throw it up in the air and see what like how does how does the album flow together it basically is what I want to record, like what I feel are the, the most important songs to me, the ones that I like the most. That's what I start with and then just go from there. So like Piano and Pixie Dust, we can only fit so many songs on there. And then we thought we'd do another one with Magical Moments, Magical Moments 2, to also bring in some of the um, songbook stuff. So not only the theme park rides, but then songs from Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and things like that, because I love all that, of course, as well. But basically that first album was like, what are the songs I wanted to do the most that I think would be the yeah. most fun to yeah. translate to just piano? And that, those are the ones I went with. What is the one song that you were like, I'm going to start doing Disney. This is the song I'm going to do first. It was, um, oh my God, I can't think of, I know exactly what one. Either, it had, well, actually it was two. It was Golden Dream, it was America. America's okay. Golden Dream. And um, Tomorrow's Child, that was the one. Ah. Oh. Tomorrow's time. I mean, do you not that just song? I know it's heaven on earth. It's like I hear that. I'm like, it brings me right back. That uh, so it was that one in America and Golden Dreams, Golden thank Wings. God. Golden, yeah. Thank God. Tom, let me ask you. Let me ask you another question. I was playing a, a song. I'm trying to cover um, a notorious Big song right now on acoustic, <laughs> okay. and it's just okay. not coming out great yet. So, what is the one Disney song that you have tried to? change the feel of and you're like oh i just cannot do this well so what is that one song you want to do well that you just haven't been able to do yet that's a good question because there's been some that i've thought about doing like you said but then thought no i'm gonna wait till later one Mm -hmm. of them was oh my gosh it was what was the song from bambi because i did the love is a song right Oh, uh, look, look out, someone's shooting. Is that the song? No. <laughs> 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 okay. yeah, I think that's the, the, the B.I.G. song. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn. Oh, wait, Jerry. That was really good. Jerry planted one, brother. <laughs> he knocked that one out of the park. That was pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. I like that. He knocked that one out of the SUV. It was like the one Bambi song. And then the other one was the um, making memories. That's hard mm. to do. Long before mm-hmm. the little tease. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That one was kind of rough. But usually, if you can, you could take most songs if you have a vision for it, right? And just try to say, well, how can I really work this? I mean, I had, well, I did It's a Small World on one of the albums and made it really nice and pretty. Oh. But I have another concept for that song that we can talk about towards the end that it's going to be coming Ooh. okay yes okay. we'll definitely so talk about really that nice, but that's a really challenging song okay to make huh. that appealing to people because people well they either love that song or they hate it mm-hmm. and when you're sitting in the ride and it's playing over of course it's going to drive you insane yeah but there are ways to do it where it's kind of melodic and really pretty well, when if you listen to um, to Richard Sermon playing like the original arrangement of it, it's halftime, and like it really it feels a little bit more soothing. It's not like in your face, and I want to just kill myself because of the song at that point. So, <laughs> I know. 
I understand. John, John Debney reorchestrated it for Disneyland Paris, and it's an absolute delight. I could listen oh. to it all day. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on the arrangement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, speaking of arrangements, here's another, another piece um, that you did. This is, well, I mean, you guys will probably get this, so I'll just, I won't even mention it. engaging version of the music you would hear in Carthay or the Disney gallery. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think, I think this would be distracting in Carthay. Like the Carthay, like to the music. Yeah. Right. The strings in yeah. Carthay, you don't really know. Honestly, I, I sort of, when that, that string quartet, Carthay string quartet or whatever came out, uh, that CD, when we saw it, it was like, Oh yeah, there's, there's music playing in Carthay. Right. And it's, I think it's supposed to be that way. And, but I feel like this is this, that piece is like the a focal point. Mm-hmm. One I, of the I, things um, that I think you do very, very well, and I didn't realize what it was until I heard that, and now I'm like, yeah, that's what I like. You use the sound of the piano, and the sound of the silence is almost as powerful. The way you pause and lead, you lead mm-hmm. us up to the edge, and then you kind of back off for a second. And then you come back with it. And you yeah. do that a lot. And that, I think, is what really – when I – if I'm walking around my house humming Illuminations or Tapestry of Nations, yeah. I'm humming your <laughs> piano version of it. Wow. Where you put the pause – like, it, there's a different way you – the phrasing of it. And I – that's something about how you use the silence. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. I I wonder if the influence is a lot because I listen to a lot of orchestral music. And since Mm. John Williams is my idol, that you find that ebb and flow, I think, a lot in orchestral music. Mm -hmm. And that's probably just a subconscious influence on me. That's probably Mm. what that's from. He's going to sue you you now. that's awesome. Uh, let's do another one. This one I, I had to look up. This is all from 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 the same uh, from the same Disney album, the uh, the old time magic. I had to look this one up, and let's see if anybody else can get this too. What is it? Now I'm the Jeremy. 
<laughs> this is vice versa. Oh my god. You guys are seriously freaking me out. Weird. <laughs> you know what I like about beer? <laughs> 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 this is why uh, this is why I wanted Jeremy on here. Were, you ever seen that movie Freaky Friday? It's just like that. Well, and so I had the 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 clip of this song like queued up, and this is the original from the movie. And it's like insufferable. I can't like I couldn't. It's like just get it over with. But that's the music of the what thirties. Anyway, uh, I like your arrangement better, Tom. Thanks, man. That. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> well, remember, the original's from, what, 1940? Right. Musical. The auto-tune hasn't been invented yet, so they didn't. They were way back in the Stone Age as far as music goes. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a classic sound. It's classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to sort of advance a little bit, because we are like soaking up a lot of your time, but I do have a lot of other stuff to get to, mainly... So you did Disney albums. That's cool. Whatever. But you did... <laughs> But you did a Star Wars album. I did. Terrence, this is where you and I come together like Captain Planet to save the universe. Um, He's our hero. He take pollution it, down to zero. That's right. Well, here's, here's uh, uh, Tom's take on the uh, main theme of Star Wars. Play. There you go. Not that the original is bad in any way, shape, or form, but it's so gentle. Yeah. It's so gentle and soft. Not only gentle, but it goes back to what Jeremy is saying. Like, you're playing with whole notes on the bass, and it's... Sure. It's just so... It's just... It drones and holds. It's just so... Oh, my gosh, man. It's so beautiful. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hang on, everybody. It's ears up. Gee, sorry guys, but that guy bought 14 churros. I'm all sold out. And now, back to the show. Here's a, here's the Cantina song. This is where I got really sorry. excited. Because the Cantina song is like... Super geeking out. It's like peak Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Until the re-release when they pulled it for whatever reason and they changed it. Cantina song. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, you'll even know this. Maybe. There's that kind of ragtime thing you were talking about earlier, Ben? Yeah. Like, Slewfoot Sue's going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Like, it's just so good, man. Yeah, I love Thanks. that. Because it's... It, are, you, are you a big Star Wars guy? I mean, you, well, you have to be. I guess I should clarify. I, I'm the original Star Wars lover. Okay, those good. Were my childhood, right? <laughs> yeah. Star, episodes four, five. I like some of the new ones. I like the J.J. Abrams ones. I like. I did not like the '90s ones. I just no. I just Nobody did. Like Nobody did, man. I, I, I don't know. The magic was not there for me. Yeah. I don't know why, but the, the newer ones were okay. But there's nothing like four, five, and six. Well, and yeah. you know we've I mean, we've. Just, We've debated this ad nauseum on this network, and it's still just it's still something I like to talk about, but I won't get too into it because it it is like how do you take a, a totally new world 
and you give it to people with infinite storylines, and then you let them sort of stew on it, and then you give them something cooler than they thought was going to happen with Empire. Like, whoa! And then maybe linear, maybe not with Return of the Jedi. And then you're like, well, now what? Now what do we do? There's nothing yeah. left. So here's right. all these books and here are all these things and everyone's taking this. And then Lucas goes, he pulls the brake and goes, let's talk <laughs> about politics because that's what made the first three. And it's like, God, you just murdered, like murdered everything. And I think that for me, like took the sheen off of Star Wars for the, the later, the later okay. movies. But I like I like what you did with this. Um, here's the Ewok celebration song. Yeah, again, another I amazing song. song. Me too. And it's uh, and it's not in the in the in the redos now, and I I don't like it. But um... no. So how do you take a, a celebratory, happy like song and sort of, you know, drop it like that? I just wanted to, I wanted to slow it down a little bit just so it gave it a different feel. Still yeah. had kind of the um, the essence of that original because it's a quirky, fun little melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just slow it down a little bit, but still have it kind of fun and cheeky, I guess. Yeah, that, that's all I tried to do with that. It, it worked. I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. <laughs> So Ryan in the chat said, uh, it's cool to hear Star Wars music in a way that you could hear it on Main Street. Uh, and like, this should be played on Main Street. That's cool. That's, that's very like good. such a good, I, like, that's exactly what I'm thinking is it's like, I don't know, it's melding two things that, that I don't know, very cool. That normally are separated. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Ryan, I like that idea. <laughs> I really so, do. From that particular album, I actually really enjoyed the, uh, what is it, the Imperial March. Uh-huh. I love it. It was weird. But I, I mean, not, but not in a bad way. Like, I know. I mean, because it was, it was exactly what it, it wasn't like difficult to figure out what song it was, but it was also completely different. Yeah. Just to hear it on piano. Yeah. It's, it was awesome. Mm. Thank you. It's a little um, when things are like off tune, like it's a little scary. Yeah, a like a horror movie. But also really pretty. Yeah, like like ominously pretty. Yeah. Yeah, there's tension in it. I like that. But. Also, like a hint of glamour. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really. <laughs> Someone's got a lot of panache. Yeah. <laughs> well, you really zhuzhed that up. Down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that album's called Journey to the Stars. Uh, and there is actually an original song on there, too. The title song, Journey to the Stars, is original. Original. Let's original play that one. Oh, wow. In the vein of like the Star Wars world.
So when you write this, what are you, are, are you envisioning? Because it is in the Star Wars world. Are you envisioning a point in the movies? Or uh, to me, listening to that, I feel like this is travel music. Mm, you know, because it's expansive and wide, but it's also purposeful. And look, I describe beer for like a, a, a another living. So a lot of words don't really mean anything. And, uh, you know, forgive me if that just sounds wonky, but it just this, that's the vibe that I get. I don't know why. No, I like it. How Thank you. you. That's cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of either pictured like a theme of a character, or like just the expanse of the universe. That's, like maybe right. Like maybe traveling through it, or you're taking it all in. Yeah, that's <laughs> the vibe like I was that. getting off of that one. Thank do you, you? It was great. I loved it. Do you record? Thanks. Do you record all of these? Is it always with a digital instrument? Have you ever done something in a studio with a grand piano? Yes, the albums I did, I did a bunch of albums for a record label in Canada years back. They're all on iTunes and stuff. It's uh, like Lavender, Inner Peace, uh, Love at First Sight. These are all like more meditative reflection, slow album, but they, they're all original music. And we went into the studio and did them with pianos. And some of them have like uh, uh, cellos on them and some guitars are on them. And then I did an album for Fisher Price called Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Starfish. And that is all like keyboard sounds, but but basically all those albums we did in the studio with okay. a real piano. I would always prefer a real piano, but I just can't afford to yeah. get into a studio get and record studio. on one. Yeah, that's gotcha. the thing. Because most self musicians now we just do everything at home. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. always prefer if I could have real instruments. I mean, hands down, every time I would have them if I could. So that leads me to another question because you were talking about sort of like the cost. And you released your first CDs, I think it said in 1998. That was the first one. (laughs) Wow. So obviously back then CD was everything and now everything's changed. And as a, as a musician, you know, if you, if, if our listeners were going to say, how do I get his music? Would you prefer they buy the CD? Would you prefer iTunes? Do you want them to listen to it on SoundCloud? Like how do you monetize? What's your preference? How is it working for you? Well, I have to say, well, the most, the most money an artist makes is if they buy the MP3s or buy the CDs. That's how you make the most. But no one has CDs anymore. <laughs> and no one, basically everyone just streams now. When I released mm-hmm. that um, Old Time Magic, there's hardly any downloads for those MP3s. Everything is streaming now. So that's just like the new norm. So you just kind of have to adjust to that, you know. I prefer, I mean, it does, Spotify is where I'm, I've had the most traction I've had the most okay. success right now, which is really amazing to me. I have, uh, I think it was, I checked this morning, I have 72,000 monthly listeners. My number one song that has been streamed like millions of times is uh, Winnie the Pooh. Wow. <laughs> That's my number wow. one Wow, song. dude. That's it's crazy. unbelievable. So I'm so, I got to tell you, it's all the people that listen to the podcast because when those albums were coming out, I went on a bunch of Disney podcasts to promote it and they were so gracious with me. And the people really liked it. It's all because of fans, really. I mean, it's all possible because people like to listen to it. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. But I prefer, I guess, Spotify because i that's where I'm most attracted. But I, I don't, honestly, if people just listen to it, I'm happy. Like, well, I just want people to hear it and hope that they like it. It, it sounds like for people who want to buy it, just buy the MP3s directly yeah. from from wherever you can. From iTunes yeah. or where. But there's no CDs anymore. Like, there were no, there's no CDs of any of these Disney albums. Hmm. Oh, really? There's no, no. Because no. we only did MP3s at the time because that's all people were doing then. 
Sure. Makes right. sense. Sure. So, and now I will still do MP3s because I still think there should be a, if people want to download the music, they should be able to. Yeah. Uh, but mostly everything's streaming now. It's mm. all streaming. Wow. So, What's your favorite Disney park? Well, besides Epcot. Of course. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's everybody's favorite. I have to say, after moving here to California, I never liked Disneyland. We, we, we came here once in like the 80s, but we were so used to Disney World, Walt Disney World. Sure. Disneyland was like, what? There's nothing here. Like, where is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. It's like Midget Autopia. It's like, what is mm-hmm. this? Right. But yeah. since I've moved here and gone there, I really have a love and appreciation for it because it's the first park. It's the one that Walt walked through. Yeah. It's where his apartment was at the top. There's so much there to take in. And I really do think the Pirates ride here and the Haunted Mansion here are the best. The Haunted Mansion here with the yes. Night Before Christmas overlay. Oh, my God. It's the best. Yeah, it's I mean, so good. I love, so I, I do love Disneyland here. But I also love, I like Animal Kingdom really special, I think, too. It's just different. Yeah. It's a different kind of park, and it's more peaceful to walk through. Not maybe not the Avatar part, but <laughs> you can walk through different parts of it, and you feel like you're all alone. You're surrounded by trees and in the shrubbery, so it's beautiful. It's a beautiful park, I think. Yeah, definitely. What's your guys' favorite park? I'm well, everyone's going to say D- everyone's going to say Disneyland, and nobody should say DCA, or they're fired. No, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence loves. Fired. Terrence loves DCA. No, that I would give you too much it. joy to fire you, Terrence. You have to, you have to work. <laughs> that would that would be too much relief in your life to not do a thing. <laughs> Terrence is busy twenty six hours a day. It's true. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I like Disneyland too. Terrence and I went to uh to Disney World a few years back, and Epcot ruled. Um, we that's the park we kept going back uh, over and over. Besides concierge at the hotel to get more rosé wine because that Florida there heat, you, go. you know. Um, oh. Don't go in the summer. I could never go in the summer. We went in September, hot. and it was still like, wow, this still is warm. nine. The, the, when the temperature matches the humidity level, Oof. you're not <laughs> having a good time. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, honest oh, opinion man. now. Dole whips are, are trash, right? Like, nobody, you don't <laughs> like a Dole whip? <laughs> I don't have anything against the Dole whip. I don't. Okay. I really don't. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't, I guess. You know, um, the, Mickey, the, the Mickey Mouse uh, ice cream sandwich thing <laughs> is always bad. Yeah. So, Tom, this is from the chat. What's your favorite ride? And also, what is your favorite song from a ride? Wow. Oh, good question. I love Test Track and Epcot. I oh. think it's just, That's a cool ride, man. It's really neat. It's a fun, fun ride. I have not been to the remake since it's been remodeled. I haven't been on it, but oh. I love I haven't. So it's been a few years since I've been down there. But I love that ride. I think it's just a great ride. I love, I have to say, in terms of songs, does it have to be current or could it be one of the older? Do whatever you want. It can be anything you want. It's your show. Okay, because I love Tomorrow's Child from Spaceship. I got to say, Spaceship Earth is probably my other, like, all-time favorite ride. Oh, yeah. I'm excited they're remodeling it. I think it does need it. But I love the nostalgia of it. Yeah. So Tomorrow's Child, I don't think plays in there anymore. But that was the big song back way back when. I, I, so I think Tomorrow's Child. I've never. I don't remember it. So I'm gonna. I just pull it up here for a second. Oh yeah, I think we have heard this. Yeah. And you know what else is a great song? Is the Canada song. Canada, mm-hmm. my Canada. That's an awesome song. 
Uh, do you have a cover of Spectro Time? Spectro Magic? Excuse me. Spectro I do. Magic. One of he them does. has. I do, yes. Oh, good. Because it was requested by someone once, and I did it. <laughs> was it Jeremy Murray? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who. Well, because Jeremy comes on our show every once in a while and does like a, a sort of a history of the music of a thing, right? Either like an attraction or whatever. And hit that segment was called Spectro Time. Spectro Magic? What the f***? Oh, cool. Spectro time. I keep cursing, and I need to remember to not. Yeah, this isn't the secret this show. Is I didn't know. Is this a family show? I didn't. It's I a, don't know. It's, so a, don't. it's a family show, yes. and I'm I'm not supposed to do it, but I'm, I'm I feel very comfortable, so now I am. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, whatever. That's that. Um, what's your favorite Disney soundtrack? Oh my goodness! There's only I, one answer. I would have to say one of my favorites still is Beauty and the Beast. That oh, that's soundtrack, a, that that's film. That's a good one. That is good. Do you remember really when I, I remember seeing that film? I couldn't, I was so blown away. We saw it at the theater. I saw it with a couple of friends or so. I remember I called my mom and said, Mom, you have to come see this movie. I'll see <laughs> it again. It's, it's an amazing film. And we watched, I, but the music was so amazing. Well, that's Mencken and Rice also, right? Yeah. It's and Mencken and Ashman, Little Ashman. Mermaid. They Yes. Mm. And then that. And then he died before they did. Wait, did he do Aladdin or was I, I think remember. he did? A, I think that I think he was alive for a lot. Those were the three, and then that was, that was it. Yeah. But Beauty and the Beast is oh my goodness! I was wow, I, I was hoping you were going to say Nightmare Before Christmas because that's mine. <laughs> oh well, come on, that's just that's an amazing soundtrack. And then it would and then it would be Moana. The, I love Moana. I love Moana great. too. The, the arrangements of those songs are. Very, very cool. Uh, the way that he just sort of plays with the even just like the 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 lyrics and kind of callbacks. I like callbacks in songs. I don't know why. It's very, very, very clever. Very, very good. Very fresh. That guy's a genius, Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda. He's just a genius. He's a genius. Yeah, his music I, is unbelievable. I love Moana. It's great. Now, do um, you guys really quick? One of my another one of the most amazing scores ever to me was the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. That music. I don't know if you might hate the movie or whatever. But the score in that mm-hmm. was like insane. I don't remember. Very I've, I've seen it when it came out, and I don't. It was when I was in high school. I don't remember. I haven't seen it since, so I don't remember. It's an insane soundtrack. I'll check it's it amazing. out. Amazing. I'll check it out. It's good. And Disney recently has done a very good job of incorporating it into their shows. So happily ever after at the cool. Magic Kingdom, um, Disney Illuminations in Paris, the way they use it is so. It, the the way they incorporate it because sometimes they crowbar that music in and you're like oh now we're hearing it but they yeah. it really carries the story forward and that soundtrack yeah it's Good. amazing oh that's cool that's a great one tell me about your latest Disney album that's about to come out well I'm working on it right now so I had a thought about a month ago so I'm working on it now hopefully I'll get it done in a couple months maybe mm-hmm. two months or so I'm very excited about this this is a labor of love for me and this is something different that I've never done. I'm doing um, a Disney album that's like reflection or meditative. So basically you would put this album on to go to sleep, to study, to chill out at the end of the day, to meditate, relax. Like it's, it's a very, it's going to be very slow. And I'm using what's called a felt piano. I don't know if on a piano, you can put a piece of felt in between the keys, the hammers and the, and the Mm -hmm. strings. So it creates a much softer sound, and you can hear the little hammers clicking on the felt. It's Ooh. a different kind of sound. Okay. But I'm putting the song list together. I've already recorded like four songs, and I'm just going to add really light instrumentation to it, like maybe a flute here, an oboe there. 
It's going to be a really slow album, but I'm really excited about it. That's nice. Cool. That's cool. What's it going to be called? It's awesome. I have a title yet, but I'm not sure I can say it yet. Gotcha. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm not sure 100%. I just sure. have the idea. Okay. But it's basically just going to be songs um, from the Disney songbook. There'll be a couple theme park rides in there. Freaky Friday will be in there. <laughs> I just did I'd Like to Be You for a Day. Now, you have to understand, that movie was, we loved it. In my childhood, it was like Freaky Friday. We loved sure. it when that came out. So that song is very nostalgic for me. So that's going to be on there. It's going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. I yeah. like it, man. Well, let us know so when it comes out. That's what's coming up next. Absolutely. I'll for sure let you know. That's what's going to be coming up next, hopefully in a few months. Okay. Very cool, man. We'll be looking forward to it. The chat's really excited about that, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think it's something that, I don't know, I think it's just something we need right now just because of everything that's been happening, even yeah. just for myself, because I, I don't listen to my own music. Like, I don't put my own music on in the car. I put other people's stuff on. <laughs> sure. But I find myself picking, just going for a lot of soft things lately, just things that can relax and unwind me. Yeah. So I think this would be fun to do a Disney style like that, like totally. with songs that you know, but they're really reflective and slow and meditative. Yeah, I think so, too. So, yeah, you're hitting on something for sure. Thanks, guys. Well, Thank you. We're going to um, wind. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Biff. Just a quick question. Is I don't think we talked about. Is there a, any particular soundtrack or song that you just don't vibe with? I'm trying to think, you know, at first, I, well, I mean, Small World was kind of hard at first, but then I think I figured that out. Now, you know, here's It's a Small World is going to be on this new one, too. Oh. But wait till you hear it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's really nice. I'm really excited. But, I like It's a Small World. It's fine. Yeah, that's cool. But I, there really hasn't been any song that's been, what did I? This is the way you say it's cool. (laughs) It's very funny to me. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there hasn't really been a song that I just absolutely hate. Do you know what I mean? Like I haven't come across that yet. You know, it's it's funny. Like I so I listen to this podcast. I talk about it all the time. It's called Dollar Country, and it's this this guy in Kentucky who just goes to like you know buys old country albums in bulk and they're like unheard musicians usually um you know anyway and it's great but he he was talking on i think instagram or whatever about like he he wants to sort of expand the songs that he plays on shows uh because he's like i don't want people to think that these songs are are bad but i don't really think there is a bad song inherently and he's a musician also and i i i wonder if that's just sort of a musical thing where once you you learn how to do a music you sort of have like an appreciation for it. So it's not like that's not bad because it took, you know, this amount of energy to create the song and it's very creative. I just might not like it, but it doesn't mean it's bad. That's true. I mean, that's could be a lot. It's just a lot of his taste, you know, personal preferences on what you like and what you don't like. A lot of it just comes down to that as well. Yeah. Like the whole of illuminations. That was not, it's not very good either, but (laughs) The what? Illuminations. I'm just trying to rile Jeremy up, that's all. Oh my god, that's like the best thing that ever. I, Illuminations was like the best. Taryn and I got to see it and afterwards I was like, This is this is what it should be. This is what everything should be. And then we get we get world of color. Which is cool. <laughs> it's fine, but it doesn't have lasers through firework smoke. I know. Well, the whole theme of Illuminations was amazing. (laughs) You you know, it was a really good show, too. And I don't know about the one at Disney World, but we had it here. Disneyland, they had Julie Andrews was the host of it. It was um, Wishes. Remember. Wishes. Uh, In Disneyland, it was called Remember Dreams Come True, but it used the theme to Wishes. 
oh my jeremy it was like the most amazing thing because i <laughs> i was like this is amazing yeah. it was a great show yeah that was a good one well it's interesting they took that show because basically that was for the 50th and it was a celebration of all the different areas of the park right right tokyo took that show reorchestrated it and it's called celebrate tokyo disneyland okay. it's even better it wow. doesn't have julie i've not heard it well I've you gotta tune into spectro radio <laughs> yeah, i do that so i get here <laughs> I like that plug. Yeah. Sure. Jeremy Smooth. He's like a, he's our felt piano. He's just soft, but you can still <laughs> he hear him in the background. Right in yeah, he just goes between my hammers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, well, we're going to let you go here in a second, but I do have our little seven questions to ask. And, you know, they're just okay. minimalist answers if you want. We'll do whatever you want. I don't care. You can write, you know, a book about each one. I don't really care. But uh, they're just sort of fun and, just, you know, something fun to do. Why not? Right. Let's have some fun tonight. Sure. What is your favorite Disney attraction? It could be ride wow. or show or, or whatever. Mine is the what? benches. Which, what is it? The, the benches in, the, in, in Disneyland. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love Spaceship Earth. Let's go. I, yep. just, I love that ride. That's good. What is your least favorite? I'd have to say, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think. No, I can't say that. What about? <laughs> can, can we say now that they? I don't like that they put Frozen into Norway. Like I don't like uh, that. That's Thank good. You. That's, I don't that's good. like it. I mean, I understand why they do it, but it's like, but that ruins it for me. Yeah. But I'd have to say the least favorite one is the old. What's the? Um, I know it's classic, and people are going to hate me. I think it's the Peter Pan ride. Where you go, oh. like, like it's okay, but it's like it's I don't know, so I don't overrated. Under, it's overrated. Like you were saying, like, why is the line so long for that? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't get it either. Right. It's it's crazy. It, it's I mean, it's classic. I get it. Yeah, but I mean, so is Snow White, but yeah. now yeah. with more pastel, so that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> which do you prefer, pie-eyed Mickey or round-eyed Mickey? I like what's the old I don't what's the I don't like the what's the old one the pie, the, the, the pie with like the the, the slice of pie cut out of his is like pupil or whatever no the other one the other one you like the round eyed round okay. eyed Mickey I got like. it okay uh, what old ride should they bring back to the parks horizons what, oh yes what current ride <laughs> what current what current ride should they remove <laughs> so it doesn't have to be like your least favorite. But, you know, something that'll, like, at least make the parks a little bit better, even though it might be fine. I don't know. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I, that's hard. I don't. I'll give you a I pass if I you want. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll give you a pass. Uh, who's your okay, fa- pass me on that one. Who's your favorite Disney character? I love Sebastian from Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> He's always one of my favorites. That's a great what answer. Awesome. That's a good answer. <laughs> Orchestra leader. That's yeah, not bad. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, I remember yeah. Remember you saying I should be writing symphonies, not tagging it with some headstrong teenager. Like, <laughs> it was like hilarious. Like that's it me. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, if you could travel back in time and meet Walt Disney, what would you say to him? Oh my goodness, that's a great. First of all, I would say thank you for sharing your talent with the world, and I would just want to sit down and ask him questions about his vision of Epcot, what he really thought. What did he really think of Disneyland the day it opened with all the issues they had? Mm. Yes. That would be a great question. Yeah. What his stress level was at that time? (laughs) How many cigarettes did you smoke? How many cigarettes did you smoke? (laughs) Yeah. How many scotches were you on when you went on TV? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, right? <laughs> but I, I, I would be fascinated to talk to him, wouldn't it? Oh, my Just gosh. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Tom Amin, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming. I go to Tom Amin Music. That's T-O-M-A-M-E-E-N music.com. He also does virtual piano lessons, too. So if you guys are, uh, are yes. interested in uh, brushing up on your piano skills or learning more or whatever, uh, contact Tom. And all his information's there. All his music's there. Uh, you can learn all about Tom over there. Um, thank you very much, Tom. I had a great time. Thank you for thank coming Thank you on. for having me. This has been awesome. Anytime you guys want me to come back. Oh, absolutely. Because this is awesome. Oh, cool. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Hopefully we can meet up in Disneyland someday. That would be cool. Oh, that would be, That'd nice. be great. Someday. 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 That would Someday. Cool. It, it's going to happen. It'll it's happen. happen. Yeah, absolutely. Happen. And then, May Jeremy, you'll have to come here or we'll have to come visit you at Disney World. Walt mm-hmm. Disney World. Or both. Yeah, come to Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. All right. so, cool. cool. Thank all right, Tom. You guys very much. Thanks, man. We'll let you go. Tom, thank you. Have a great night, all of you. Okay. Thank you. You it's too. It's good to meet you guys too. It's good to meet you. You too. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> all right. Bye. 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 The great Tom Amin. He is so nice. That yeah. was really cool. That was what a talent. Yeah. So fun. What talent. I subscribed to him on. Yeah, I just I already Spotify. followed him on Instagram. <laughs> I actually and like, downloaded all of his stuff on iTunes while he was on as well. Oh, I just torrented <laughs> oh, it all. Good. I stole it all. I'm not paying him. A f- <laughs> I gotta stop. I gotta what is stop. Up say, with I don't you, know. Dude? I don't know. But it'll be wow. funny to beep it out. So I'll be fine. I'm like, I. this whole show was so over my head that, like, I'm like, wow, I, I, I like music. Yeah. And, like, that's like the extent of, <laughs> the, like, the anything o- that I understood. The <laughs> only nerd, the only, like, deep nerd music thing I know is a joke from. Um, <laughs> Is from a joke from Cannibal the Musical, which is uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's first <laughs> oh, movie, geez. where like there it's a it's a musical, Cannibal the Musical, and it's there's like a point where he's like, wait, are you seeing Mixolydian scales or something? And I, I have no idea what that means, <laughs> but I use it every now and then to make myself you know sound smart to people who might know what that means, and then I go, yep, cool, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know anything about music. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was very fun. I think his music is excellent. Yeah. Was I was time. I was planning on doing Disney News, but um that interview went a lot longer than I thought because Tom was awesome. Very very fun <laughs> to talk to. So, um I think we're just going to end the show yeah. here in a little bit actually. I do have one more clip from Tom's that I want to play. Here it is. Hello, it's Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery, and we are proud to announce a fresh addition into our Hell or High series of beers with Hell or High Pomegranate. Our California Bay Area brewery has done it again, creating a crisp and refreshing wheat beer that pairs well with the season. Hell or High Pomegranate is made with real fruit and is sweet with a slightly tart finish. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this time of year and can brighten any rainy or wintry day. Behind all that soft and elegant pomegranate flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light, bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% alcohol, is quite enjoyable. Hell or High Pomegranate is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold on draft and in cans. That's right, cans. Thank you to Sully. We have some... Ooh, we have some uh, Hell or High Pomegranate in the fridge. I should have brought some out. It's good. I like it. I like it. And I, I read that they're releasing... Hell or High Watermelon again, which is like the daddy of the fruited mm-hmm. uh, wheat beer. So, uh, And then, you know, Tom was talking about his love for, for Epcot. If you're itching to go to Epcot, the only way you can get there is through Conti Ears. That's a new rule. It's a new edict that I passed, and uh, I don't know if anybody knows that or not. But uh, you buy your tickets through ConciEars.com. They charge you the same price that the parks would. 
uh, and it helps uh, concierge out there, our official travel uh, partner. So uh, check them out, concierge.com. Follow them on social media. Thank them very much, please, for sponsoring the show. Throw them an email. Make a you know drop a comment on one of their posts or something like that just just to let them know that uh, you hear them and when you're ready to go to the parks you know you're you're going to use them so uh, yeah anyway that's it I think we're done Jeremy thank you very much man for staying up super late and uh, and helping with that show and for connecting uh, Tom to uh, to us that's what I do I make connections I bring people together <laughs> yep you sure do man. <laughs> You're like um, our very own Tinder. That's right. <laughs> We're going to swipe right on your suggestion. Oh, we swipe next. <laughs> All right, here, hang on. Let me find the... Uh, I don't have my outro, so whatever, dude. Here, I'm just going to do this. There we go. Eh, sounds fine. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you again to Tom Amin. You go to TomAminMusic.com. And learn more about him. Uh, that Star Wars album was fire, dude. I loved it. I'm going to go buy it right now. I thought it was great. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks.